issues, but praise God, God is bigger in, than technology issues, and we're just going to move forward. So good morning, everyone. My name is Adam. I'm so glad to be here with you all. Happy Mother's Day. Just want to shout out to all of you who are mothers, even those of you who are grandmas and aunts. If you have a significant role in the life of a child, thank you so much for all that you do. If it wasn't for moms, none of us would be here. Now, I'll admit to you, this morning, there's a little bit extra pressure given a message on Mother's Day, because I have no experience being a mom, and I never will be, and I want to be able to share from God's Word some things that will be helpful to you, but I do have a mom who put a lot of hard work into raising me, and I've also had some experience in seeing some moms in their natural habitat in the wild. So, if, if the screen was working, you would see a picture of an angry Canadian goose so that I could tell you about the time when I was out running and I came up on this Canadian goose and I'm pretty sure it was a mother goose and there must have been some baby geese around because this goose just started coming at me. And so I did a 180, started running the other direction and I hear, because this thing was flying through the air, coming at me keeping up with me, and I was afraid of what I would have to do if this goose caught up to me. Now, there was another time when I was out hiking, and I saw a hole in the tree, and in that hole, there were a bunch of baby raccoons, and most people, when they see a wild animal, they know, leave the wildlife alone. But for me, when I see wild animals, my first thought is, how close can I get? You know, <laughs> for science. And so, I got up as close as I could to this hole in the tree, and I'm looking in at the baby raccoons, and then this big mama raccoon starts crawling out of the hole really aggressively, so I ran away as quick as I could. Now, I'm not telling these stories just to say that mamas can be pretty feisty when they're protecting their young, although if you are a mother, you probably have your hands full keeping your kids safe. But that's not all that there is to parenting. There is so much more to that. And we've been in a series for the last couple of weeks now called The Fight of Your Life, talking about the spiritual battle that we are all in on a daily basis if you are a Christian. And it's a battle against our sinful desires, our bad habits, because Satan, the enemy of God, wants to take you down, and he will do whatever he can to trip you up. And so if you're a Christian, you're in this battle. And it's not just adults who are in this spiritual battle, it's also kids too. And so if you are a mother, you're not just fighting for yourself, you're also fighting for your child and fighting for the next generation. And so this morning, we'll be talking about how to fight for the next generation. And I know that this can sound pretty daunting. I mean, with with uh, parenting from childhood all the way into adulthood, there's some challenges that come with, with parenting in the different stages of life. There might be times when you are feeling like you're on top of a mountain, you could take on the world, have the bumper sticker, like best mom ever. And then there's other times when maybe you're feeling discouraged or you're afraid that you're just not even cut out to be a mother. And I want to encourage you with this verse in Proverbs 31:25 It says, "She is clothed with strength and dignity. 
She can laugh at the days to come. And this verse is about a hypothetical woman of noble character, woman who takes care of her family and is a really good example. Now, when I read this verse, it makes me think of a scene in the movie Lion King. How many of you have ever seen the movie Lion King? There's a point in that movie where Simba the lion says, I laugh in the face of danger. That's exactly what I think of when I read this verse. Being able to laugh at the days to come, not just the good times that are coming, but even some of the hard times and the challenges. And maybe the question is, how? How do you get to this point where you don't have to be afraid of what's ahead and some of the challenges to come? And I think... The answer to that question is planning and preparation. If we were to read the few verses that went before Proverbs 31, 25, you would see that it's all about this woman preparing so that her family will be in good condition no matter what season of life they're going through and her planning ahead. And so planning and preparation goes a long ways. Both Gabby and myself really enjoy hiking. We've been taking advantage of the warmer weather lately to go to a bunch of different trails in Tunkhannock and check out the parks and stuff. We like to keep our hiking boots in the car at all times just in case there's some occasion to go hiking. Now, how many of you would want to hike this trail today in the shoes that you are wearing now? And not too many of you. But... What if you had planned ahead and you had hiking shoes or mud boots with you? Then how many of you would be up for hiking this trail? Some more of you. There's some of you who are like, I don't care what I'm wearing. I don't want to go near that mud. But for most of us, a little bit of planning and preparation makes all of the difference. And so this morning, we're going to be covering five battle tactics for fighting for the next generation so that you don't have to live in fear about the days to come, but you can be ready. And we're going to be going through a bunch of different Bible passages. We'll have it up here on the screen, and you also have this handout on your seats. You can use this to follow along, and there's also some fill-in-the-blanks if you would like to take notes. So we'll start with number one battle tactic is to use the army that God has given you. Use the army that God has given you. You are not in this fight alone. We say here at Bridgewater all the time, life is better connected. And we don't just say that when we want to get people involved in the small group. We say that because we really believe it and that there is a community of believers in this church who want to come alongside you and help you out. In Galatians 6 2, it says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. What we learn from this verse is that there are some burdens that are just too heavy for you to carry alone. So speaking of burdens, brought my hiking backpack up here with me this morning. And maybe this is a picture of what you moms are going through on a daily basis. Maybe you are working a full-time job, even a part-time job. And so that's part of your burden. Or maybe you're working pretty hard to clean the house and do dishes. So add that to your load. Maybe you're running kids to sports events and extracurricular activities. Add that to the load. 
Maybe it's helping out with math homework. And all these kinds of extra things make up the load that you carry on a daily basis. And then you shoulder this each and every day. And that's a lot. Uh, And so God has given us a community in the church to help each other out so that you don't have to carry this load all by yourself, that other people can come alongside you and help you out, whether that's a yard project or maybe even taking care of your kids sometimes. There was a, a really good example I saw of this just the other week. There's a mom in our church who reached out to some kids' ministry volunteers, and she asked if these volunteers could help answer some really tough Bible questions that her son had. And these kids' ministry volunteers were more than, welcome, or more than willing to answer these questions. And I'm so glad that this mother did not feel like she had to come up with all of these answers on her own, or that she wasn't stuck with wherever she was at, but that she could reach out to people who could come alongside her and help her out. And God has equipped the church with different people and different abilities to be able to help each other out. In Romans 12, 4 through 6, it says, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, Each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. See, every person who puts their faith in Jesus and becomes a Christian is given a spiritual gift at that moment when they place their faith in Jesus. And a spiritual gift is a ministry that God gives you the ability to do. Some different kinds of spiritual gifts would be like uh, serving teaching, leadership, mercy. And God equips believers with all these different ministries for the purpose of helping each other out and building up the church. And now maybe you're familiar with spiritual gifts and this is nothing new to you, but I think for a lot of us, we think that spiritual gifts are only for Sunday mornings and acting out on a Sunday service. But our spiritual gifts, they don't just go away for the other six days of the week. And as a church, we are called to help each other out in whatever way God has gifted us to do that. And so you can use your spiritual gifts to help people in the church. If you are a mother, you are not in this battle alone. There are people who would be able to speak into the life of your child. I mean, how many times have you said the same thing to your child just over and over and over again, and it just doesn't seem to connect or they don't take it seriously. And then somebody else walks in and says the exact same thing, and all of a sudden it connects or they take it seriously. Sometimes it's not even fair. Uh, so you can take advantage of people in the church, and it's, that sounds really bad. You can take advantage of this resource that God has given you uh, to help you come alongside your child and to help them out. And that's not to say that it's not your responsibility to be involved in the spiritual development of your child or that you're not capable of doing it, but don't be afraid to ask for help. And then next, you can fight for your child when you fight on your knees. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always, 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. As somebody who doesn't have kids yet, it's been my observation that you can seem to do everything right as a parent, but even when you do everything right, or your best crack at it, you can't avoid some of the challenges and the hardships that come with parenting. And then one of the scariest things for me is the fact that you can train up your child to follow after Jesus and take their faith seriously. And your child can know all the right answers and still not take that step in following Jesus and making their faith their own. And so that's why I believe that prayer is one of the best things that you can do to fight for your child. And I can say with confidence that I am a product of prayer. Like, there have been so many people who have prayed for me, and I know my parents are at the front lines praying for me even to this day. My parents wake up super early in the morning when my dad gets up for work, and so my mom will take that time to pray with him, get his lunch ready, and then she'll go back to bed because it's so early in the morning. But that's been their routine for as long as I can remember. And I'm so impressed with my parents' devotion to prayer. And that's something that I really hope that I model in my life if I ever have kids someday. And maybe your prayer life isn't exactly where you want it to be right now. But it doesn't mean you can't start today. And you don't have to pray super early in the morning. This verse says, pray continually. I think this means ongoing conversation with God at any time of day. That could be in the shower as you're preparing food. It could be while you're uh, waiting around. You probably don't do much of that. But any moment that you have, you can use that to be praying for your child and to remember that ultimately your child is in God's hands. And when you pray, it moves God to action. Prayer works because God works through prayer. And then next, you can remember that God is fighting for them. We all know that children are more vulnerable. They're more susceptible to influence, both good influence and bad influence. And maybe you have concerns for your child when you're not in a close proximity to them. And you don't know the kinds of influences that are in their life. Or maybe you do know what kind of influences they are and it's not too great, or you're worried about whatever it is that your child is up against on a daily basis. And I'm not going to say that those are not valid concerns, but I think there's a lot of encouragement in knowing that God is fighting for your child and that God cares about your child even more than you do. Jesus said in Matthew 18.6, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. There was one time when I was talking to a father and asking his permission to date his daughter, and he just steered the conversation in a direction where he looked me down. He's like, if you ever hurt my daughter, I will shoot you. And I had never done anything to, like, prompt that comment, but I believed him, and so I was not going to mess around with his daughter. Now imagine Jesus sitting there in a crowd of people, 
And there's kids crawling all over his lap, and Jesus is just given a lesson on the kind of faith that it takes to get to heaven. And then Jesus gets serious, like scary serious. And he's like, if anybody causes one of these children to stumble, they would be better off having a heavy stone tied around their neck and for them to drown in the sea. Well, that's pretty scary. So Jesus takes it really seriously if anybody tries to trip up a child to deceive them or to get them to make a bad decision or to disobey their parents or to disobey God. God takes this really seriously. And so even when you are not around, God is there. He is fighting for your child in the moments when you are not around and he loves them even more than you ever could. And maybe you know up here that God loves your child more than you ever could, but it's hard to believe it right here. And I hope that this verse can be an encouragement to you to know that God is fighting for them. And then next, you can fight for the next generation by being the adult that you want them to grow up to be. Paul says in Philippians 4, 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul has a lot of boldness to say to the people in this church, all right, everything that I told you to do and the example that I have, follow my example. And Paul isn't saying this because he thinks that his ways are best. He's saying this because he believes that God's ways are best. And Paul is following in God's ways. And so for the people in the church to follow God's example would mean that they are following in the way that God wants them to live. And there is no moment where Paul says to a church, hey, do as I do, or do as I say, not as I do. Paul doesn't have any kind of double standard like that. And I I'm sure it could be easy as a parent to sometimes hold yourself to a different standard than you hold for your kids. Or I've heard the stories of uh, a child who got busted for saying a four-letter word, and then the parent asked, where did you hear that word? And the child admits, I heard it from you. Well, that's a, that's a gut check there. And it's a, it's a reminder that sometimes there's a lot more that is caught than taught. And my parents have taught me so much without even saying a word. When I was younger, if I went downstairs early in the morning, I'd catch my dad reading his Bible while eating his breakfast. And I know that my mom also did devotions on a regular basis. And I grew up with parents who took their faith really seriously. And they were super involved in church all the time. And so I grew up thinking that, it's just normal for adults to take their faith seriously and to serve in a church. And then as I've gotten older, I've just really come to appreciate the example that my parents set in their devotion to Jesus. And if your kid was to follow your example, would they be reading their Bible? Would they be praying? Would they be dealing with conflict in a way that honors God or following after God's will? And maybe you can't say yes to all of those things. And this isn't just to like beat you up because none of us are perfect. And even in the moments that you struggle, it can still be a teachable moment for your child just to be honest with them and admit that there are some things in your life 
that you are working on, and you're not perfect, but the life as a Christian is not easy, and your child can see your example that you are trying hard to follow after Jesus, and that can make a huge difference in their lives. So you can fight for your child by being the adult that you want them to grow up to be. And then lastly, just want to encourage you with this. Never give up doing the right thing. I don't know where you're at this morning. If it feels like parenting is just a grind and you're trying to survive it on a day-to-day basis, Paul says in Galatians 6, 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And maybe you're at the point right now where you just want to take a solo vacation and not come back. I don't know what it is that's on your plate right now, but maybe the good work in parenting for you is just involves sleepless nights. Uh, maybe it involves cleaning up a lot of messes, making a lot of food, running around all over the place. And this verse tells us a lot of things, but one thing that's pretty clear on is that Doing good is hard work. It is not easy. And this verse isn't just about parenting. I think the application is much broader than that. But if parenting is not a good work, I don't know what is. And the encouragement of this verse is that if you keep up this good work, then you will see results from it. That all your work that you're putting into parenting is not for nothing and that it will pay off someday. And so my encouragement for you is to keep up the good work. Now, I put this message together for moms to be helpful to you. But even if you're not a mom, if you are a father, if you are a teenager, then you can also put these battle tas- tactics into action to fight for the next generation. You can always find somebody who is younger than you and to come alongside them and to help them to grow in their faith. And so my challenge for you this morning is to to think about out of the five things that we've talked about, what's one of them where if you worked on that a little bit more, that you could really make a difference in the life of a young person. Maybe it's using the army that God has given you, fighting on your knees by going to God in prayer. Maybe it's just being comforted and remembering that God is in control and that he is fighting for them or being the adult that you want them to grow up to be. And no matter where you're at this morning, God can use you to make a difference in the lives of the next generation.